When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dylan. Hey, Matt. Uh, so this episode's coming out November 20th, but yeah. to show a little bit of a wizard behind the curtain, yep. it is November 4th. It is. I am very excited to say that my Christmas tree has been up and decorated for three days already. That's fucking awesome. So I am a little bit behind you. I, we, I am jamming out to Christmas music. But um, we're hosting Thanksgiving this year. That doesn't mean we can't get ready for Christmas. Like, of course, I'm going to have my shit up before Thanksgiving happens. But we're kind of doing some, like, in-home renovations. Like, we want to get our living room and hallway painted uh, beforehand. So there's really no point in us setting up uh, our Christmas stuff right this second just to take it all back down to paint. So we're going to paint up uh, probably this weekend, between this weekend and next weekend, get our shit up for Thanksgiving. But we are in the spirit, dude. My classroom is decked out in dude, Christmas that, greatness. That was the inspiration, honestly. Yeah. I was sitting on my couch, and I looked on Facebook, and you had posted what you were dressed, how you were dressed, what your kids were listening to, and the PowerPoint yep. that you had made. And I said, you know what? This house feels empty. Yeah. And it'll feel a hell of a lot fuller with a big-ass decorated tree yeah. right there when I walk in first thing every day. And so I did. Dude, and it I, just makes you feel good, man. It, it makes, Dude, celebrating things makes me feel good. You've well, said in, this a million times. Yeah. It's okay to like things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. In a world where I'm constantly doom-scrolling, 
Um, I do have to remind myself of that, of like, dude, just you can like shit and not partake in this this discourse. And I don't partake in it. I just for some reason I'm addicted to watching it. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, because I noticed something yeah. this year and maybe here's the thing. I never know if I'm noticing a change in the culture or if I have okay. fine-tuned my Facebook no- newsfeed by blocking yeah. the right people. But yeah. I feel like when I logged on to Facebook the last couple of days, the first five days or so of November, that there has been a lot more people being like, motherfuckers, it's Christmas time in yeah. my newsfeed than people complaining about, like, what about Thanksgiving? Like, I don't know if people have just realize that they're losing that fight because there's no such thing as good Thanksgiving direct decorations yeah. or like more than two Thanksgiving movies that are worth watching. But uh, I I feel like this has been hopefully the year soon that... to be a third because I'm really looking forward to Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's good. Me too. I hope. It's good. <laughs> but I I've my my expectations of Eli Roth have definitely from cabin fever to now have been on a steady decline. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are you seeing the same thing or, or have I just fine tuned my algorithm really well? I, I think it's a little mixture of both. I've definitely seen less of the war on November Christmas. Um, but, uh, thankfully I am slowly eliminating those people from my feed because I don't need that <laughs> negativity. Exactly. Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Let people enjoy shit. I don't know why we're bothering you. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like celebrating things. I said it to my I said it to all my students. Um I always start off this season by asking, is there anybody in this room who does not celebrate Christmas? Um, and I'll, I'll always get a few hands and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's bring in some stuff to represent your culture. Um, so right now I'm hunting for an led menorah for my room, um, nice. because we can't have candles in, in a sixth grade classroom uh, just for reasons. Like, I don't, I don't understand it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hunting for that. Uh, and by hunting, I mean, I just need to go on Amazon and order it. Yeah. Um, it, it is, they exist. Yes, they do <laughs> exist. They are available, but it's like, I always take it back to, I've said this on the podcast multiple times, whitey from eight crazy nights when he wishes, uh, the restaurant owner a happy hanukkah and his response is i'm not jewish and whitey just responds neither am i but that can't stop me from celebrating the holidays like it's just it's i I love the feeling of celebration i love the feeling of excitement and i'm excited i fucking love thanksgiving but you know what i don't have a thanksgiving tree to put up to keep me company until uh christmas so or until thanksgiving and then it's acceptable to celebrate uh, Christmas. So just let us like things, man. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That's our that's our final thesis. And here. I'll always go back to like if you are the person that is like, oh, it's spooky season at the end of July. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up right now. Like, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to sit there and say, well, it's not Christmas till December, but you're fucking going to spirit uh in august like yeah. august 1st so yeah. or yeah literally i mean the amount of people it's like oh it's july 5th it's time for halloween i don't care yeah. you know what yeah we're two like, spooky ass it. dudes we're celebrating yep. halloween 24 yep. 7 like exactly 65 so get 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 off our dick like yeah like uh, so so <laughs> d- yeah don't get me wrong i am that person as well but i've seen a lot of people that are those people 
coming out against uh, Christmas in November to where yeah. I'm just like, come on, man. Like, you can't yeah. have it both ways. Favorite time of the year, September to December, man. I can't. There you like, go. Yeah, it's oh, fucking amazing. I love it. And that's, and that's the final word because Dylan Lyles says so. <laughs> and Dylan Lyles decided on today's pick, which is a movie I've never seen before. I've definitely oh heard God, of it. Oh, my God. You had never seen this before. I've never seen this before. So I had to watch it last night for the first time. I was very tired, but it, it moves. It's a good movie. Uh, and that is Thank the God. night before. Um, you yeah. know what it was? There was there was this period in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. where I think we got like nine R-rated Halloween or uh, R-rated Christmas. Christmas movies like in yeah. a row. Like I think it was like this, Bad Mom's Christmas, yeah. Christmas Holiday Party or Christmas Office Party. Like... There's just like a lot of movies and they all kind of blend it together. And for some reason, this one just like went missed on my yeah, radar. Like every year it was it was there was a new one. So like the night before was 2015. Bad Mom's Christmas was 2017. Uh, which one? When was Office Christmas? Office Christmas Party was 2016. So it literally went like night before. Next year we're putting out Office Christmas Party. Next year we're putting out Bad Moms. Christmas. Yeah, it was just a lot. And and yeah. I again, I we've talked about this before, where it's like I do enjoy a movie like Night Before, and I enjoy yes. a horror Christmas movie here and there. Yeah. But like when I am like in my full Holly Jolly mode. Mm-hmm. I do want to watch the movies that are going to make me feel Christmassy and spirit, yeah. like inspirited. So while all of those movies were coming out, in my mind, it was all a lot of like, without having seen any of them, I was like, oh, yeah. God, this is just a bunch of like bad Santa ripoffs. Like it's yep. just about how yep. awful and shitty the holiday season is, and it's yep. gonna be like a total takedown of Christmas or whatever. Um, and that was what I. The fact that you love this movie so much was the first time that I thought, oh, maybe it's not that. Yeah. Um, so I did go into this thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be some nihilistic, like, yep. isn't Christmas the fucking worst yeah. <laughs> type movie. Um, and, and you got and, kind of the exact opposite. Kind like, of the exact opposite. It really, if anything, if I was to compare this to any other movie that we've watched, and yeah. it is not as off the rails as this movie, but no. I would say it reminds me of... of a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I like, can see that. Like I can it's, see that. It leans I like this into the more. Sto- oh, I like, I like this, this way a more. lot more. But, but it leans into the that. stoner stuff. It gets yeah. ridiculous at certain points. Like they're constantly falling into weird situations. Like Seth Rogen's like whole tripping balls the entire movie Dude, the, subplot is oh very similar is to that? like the Thomas Lennon <laughs> yep. uh, character. Like there's just there's a lot happening here. I actually think that there is more to compare those two movies actually than like the more that I'm talking. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, Harold's debating having a kid in Harold and Coop. Like there's yeah. just a lot of there's a lot of overlap. But I think that this is more successful and more uh, sugary sweet. I don't know if it'll be a yearly watch. Oof. But it might be like an every other year watch. Okay. Like I like like it's definitely not like a oh one and done. Like yeah. It's just one of those ones where I'm like if if I'm having a particularly busy December. Yeah. This isn't top of like I'm not gonna be like if I'm staring at the original Miracle on 34th Street or the night before and I can only watch <laughs> one of them in December. Like night before is not winning that. But if it's a Christmas like this year where I was like you know what fuck it I'm not. I'm just diving headfirst all in November 1st. 
like on those particular years, I think Night Before is absolutely ending up on the list of things I have to watch while I'm while I'm doing that. So I love that we you and I bring two different perspectives to this podcast and I absolutely yeah. love that because I would choose the night before and over over that, yeah. over over the original uh Miracle on 34th Street. That's just because like I I didn't sit there and watch all of those growing up. Like I became more in tune with the classic classics as I got older because besides, you know, watching Clerks at 11 when I should, shouldn't have been, um I was like black and white movie bad like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> color movie good like that, that was me as a child and then i started respecting the classics and, and and really enjoying them and i love miracle on 31st street but i i would definitely choose this over that and I'll, this is a closer to christmas feel good watch for me yeah no i i will say this one of the biggest signs of how much i like or dislike a movie i think is how many notes i end up taking yeah. Um. And I think I wrote like eight notes down, yeah. and it wasn't because I was disliking. It. I just like at a certain point, I'm like, I just want to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Like, like I, so, like I, I stopped writing down stuff unless it was something that I was like positive I wouldn't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't remember from the night before when yeah. I watched it. Uh, uh, but so full disclosure, I I like to wake up early and watch whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Um. Usually, I'll wake up at like seven. If, if it's a TV like, special, I'll watch it before we record. If it's a yeah. movie, I'm like, I don't want to put that like pressure on me. <laughs> um, so I'll wake up and put it on. And this one I wasn't too worried about because I've seen this a bajillion times and I love it. This is a movie that I have seen a billion times and I am not, still not tired of it. Are you um, on Letterboxd perchance? No, I'm not. Okay. I want to read you something very quickly because I think you'll appreciate it and it ties... Okay to uh, a previous one of your picks from years ago. So on Letterboxd, when you go into Letterboxd to rate a movie, yeah. um, it'll show you anybody that you follow on Letterboxd's ratings, and it okay. will also show you the, if they wrote a review on okay. that movie. So I follow Joe Lynch. Oh, shit. Nice. Joe Lynch gave this three and a half stars out of five stars, and he's reviewed it three different times. Okay. And his reviews go, the first one was, I can't believe I missed this when it first came out, as I loved everybody, uh, all the way down to the director of photography. Brendan Trost clearly watched all of the early Richard, uh, Robert Richardson films for this. So seeing it for the first time was like opening a belated holiday gift that you found under your tree on December 29th. Fun, fluffy, goofy in all the right ways, an effective R-rated holiday concophony with everybody's favorite stoners. Michael Shannon can do anything, it seems. Then oh, the yes. following year, he wrote, I'm enjoying this movie more and more every seasonal screening. The chemistry between these guys is infectious. The widescreen camera work is way better than a comedy like this deserves. And the soundtrack is insane. I'm glad yeah. I've decided that this is part of my Christmas rotation now. And then the most recent one from last year. This movie grows on me more every single year, especially thanks to the chemistry of the leads and the weird widescreen look of New York City, thanks to Brandon Trost, who is the secret weapon in all of these next-gen Judd Apatow-esque comedies, slowly making its way into my yearly holiday rotation. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, the movie's fucking gorgeous. 
Yeah. Like from beginning to end, this movie is absolutely gorgeous. And you know I love a holiday movie set in New York City. Yeah. I you know who Brendan love. Trost is though, right? No. Did you ever see the FP? The FP? Okay, so the I'm about to No. Okay. So there is a series of films called the FP that was made by the Trost brothers. Oh, I've heard of this. This is yeah. like the dance battle movies. Yeah, it's literally yeah. A, it's it's a post-apocalyptic DDR movie. But what the he, fuck? He plays the brother of the main character who dies in a DDR related <laughs> casualty. Okay. Cuz the movie the movie makes no sense. The movie's about playing every action movie trope. Yeah. With the most ridiculous thing. So if you're like, I remember talking because the the director and writer of it, Jason Trost, his little brother, is tied into Geekscape pretty tightly. He's been okay. like part of Geekscape for years. And I remember asking him, we we bumped into each other at Fantastic Fest and we got lunch and we were talking about the movie. And I said, I have to ask, in your mind, how did your brother die playing DDR in the first movie? And he said... It was the only logical way to get me to the Rambo 2 parody. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, I, I knew it. that the character had to retire from playing the game forever and be a lumberjack and that people had to find him and convince him to come back. And I'll <laughs> like, say, I haven't seen these movies, but I have seen like the trailers. For and they're movies, shot and unbelievably they're so- beautiful yeah i'm like i i i I, they're they're on a list like i i do want to sit down and watch them i have the first two on dvd i will happily the third one premiered last year so hopefully we're getting a release coming up soon but if you look at brandon trost's the direct like the like his dp credits like some of the biggest movies of the last like 10 years. Yeah. This dude has worked on. And I think that he's right. I think that Jay Lynch is right. Like you look at that resume and it is like, Oh, this guy literally worked on all movies that are shot better than they had any right. Yep. To look, you know what I mean? Like starting with like, I think he was on crank and that kind of put him like in the, in the conversation, but he worked on MacGruber. He worked on, um, the he worked with the crank guys for a bit. Oh, this he is the end. Pop star, pop star, never, st- never stop, never stopping. Love Lords it. of Salem, which whether you like or dislike that movie, it's oh. the most gorgeous film that Rob Zombie ever made. Like that was one we 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 watched this year. Teddy's first time watching it, and I I adore that movie now. Yeah. Like it looks so beautiful. That is a great movie to throw on. Now there's a lot of naked women in it. But that is a great movie to throw on and have like music playing, like and just have it playing yeah. in the background. That movie is set in Salem, not New York City. So this movie, the night yes. before, <laughs> set in New York City. Um, dude, it it's absolutely gorgeous. Our three leads, Joseph Gordon Lovett, Anthony Mackie, and Seth Rogen. I could watch these three guys hang out all the fucking time. Like just I, just riff on one another, I like really I, I I feel like minus like the amount of drugs that Seth Rogen consumed in this movie, his character, I feel like I've had these weird conversations with my friends all the time, and I feel like I've been in situations like this. I am the loud guy. Like when, like no. when, yeah, right. When Joseph Gordon Lovett like just turns around when they're when they're playing Goldeneye, just hanging out at Anthony Mackie's house, and 
He's like, remember the party got busted and we were hiding. We almost got arrested because you were too fucking loud. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I feel that. I, I'm with you. I'm you with felt you. very seen. I, You're like, yeah. And, and when he's like, he's like, remember when you wore that Bob Marley shirt and I asked you if you smoked weed? And I was like, and he's, he goes, yeah, and I didn't even smoke weed. I just liked Bob Marley and tie-dye and didn't see the correlation. <laughs> um, so I wrote that line down because Dylan, do you know this about me? What? So you know that I have like never touched a drug. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you were to comb through oh, any photos your, yeah. of me in high school, it is long hair, Bob Marley tie-dye t-shirts, yep. and like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. I had no clue until I was older looking at him. Like, I look like the dankest of stoners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, You're, I love seeing old pictures of you. It is so it, good. And I was oblivious. Not yeah. a moment in my brain did I think, I look high as shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Do we want to kind of like describe what the fuck this movie is about? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be an easier route free. I mean, I guess it's so. Yeah. So I'll try to say how I feel like this movie okay. is. Go ahead. I think that it's a film about a group of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents die in a car accident. Yes. And they don't want him to be alone at Christmas time because they're mm -hmm. good friends. So they, they create a tra uh, tradition um that they all hang out on christmas eve they go out they have their different hangout spots and stuff like that and one year uh they find out about this super secret insane party called the, the nutcracker ball. ball or the nutcracker ball that's right yeah. the nutcracker ball the jingle ball is a concert that they have around here uh the yeah. nutcracker ball so that's become like joseph gordon lovett's like holy grail is yeah that's his white whale essentially yeah, yeah. to find an invite to this party well like a decade passes and everyone's kind of got their own lives. Seth Rogen's character is about to have a kid. Anthony Mackie's character is a huge football star. And Joseph Gordon-Lovett's kind of not going anywhere. Like when, when the movie starts, he's playing an elf for a Christmas party. Um, to which I'll say, he owns a really nice like studio apartment in, in New York City for an, with an elf salary. I don't know about that. <laughs> so the first big laugh for me yeah. in this movie is, it the face? is him trying to do the elf face. The elf face. It reminded me of the elf face in uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas when he's like, what yes. do elves look like? Happy. And he's like, mm. yeah, it also more time period appropriate reminded me of triangle face in uh your highness that is a strange fucking pull man i, I don't love think anybody that saw that movie more than once oh i've seen that movie probably 10 times i fucking loved your, your highness. highness that's the that's the franco rogan uh the medieval one isn't yep. it yep yep <laughs> yeah 
Nice. Uh, Good pool. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm here for. We did skip over the fact that the the movie is bookended by Tracy Morgan narration. Yes. And there is some, I forget, I should have written it down. I knew I would forget this. Early on, there is some forced rhymes. <laughs> oh, my God. Narration. It's so funny an orphan <laughs> yeah orphan yeah there's like certain ones like that where it's like the pronunciation of the word is such a big swing yeah <laughs> to try to get there they've decided this is the last year because everyone's life is going yeah. in different directions but they're really worried about joseph gordon levitt's character ethan that like while they have grown he is like not um, and I, so and i feel like you and i have can both identify with that character as well yeah. Of like things changing around us. I don't know about you, but I hate change. So well, like- <laughs> I mean, look, in, until very recently, I was going 17 years being single. Yeah. And and I was content with that, honestly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like I am very I am very self-sufficient. I am very happy yeah. to be alone for hours. Like I, I can keep myself entertained and busy. But there was this element and it still happens. It doesn't happen as much, but definitely in your 20s. When you are single in your 20s and all of your friends are single, it's great. And then 20-year-olds don't know how to juggle relationships and friendships very well. Very true. So you have these circumstances where your friend starts dating somebody and then your friend just disappears for like months to a year where you just like don't hear from them. Like... If not for social media, you wouldn't know what they were up to at all type situation. Um, And I feel like that's kind of what's happening with Ethan is that it's he's just seeing he's seeing his friends grow in a way. I so when I was at my most depressed, we're going to we're going to we're going to get real on this. episode. (laughs) I remember when I was at my most depressed depression, 365 (laughs) boy, howdy. (laughs) I, I remember pushing away all of my close friends from college um, yeah. and not in like a dickish way. I just they would send me invites to hang out and I wouldn't hang out, dude. And it was yep. and it was because like I wanted to be a filmmaker and I wanted to do like this, that and the other thing. And I didn't want to like follow the traditional path. And I still don't. I mean, obviously, I quit a well-paying job to do podcasting full time. Like, yeah, I'm a risk taker for sure. But at that time, everybody else was like settling down having families like get it posting about these great promotions and like moves that they were making at work and i just felt like i couldn't relate and that they couldn't relate to me Mm -hmm. and that was all on me that was like like it was one of those things where like they were extending the invite they didn't think anything of it that i was like they were like hey that's super cool like matt's being matt matt's chasing his dream but in my brain it was like they all probably think i'm an idiot they all you know like and i beat myself up over it and shoved them away for years uh until like you know this is a very quick advertisement for therapy like until i like (laughs) started going to therapy and like working through those feelings of inadequacy um, Dude, uh, just a quick shout out to that. Like, seriously, yeah. guys, if you need somebody to talk to, therapy is nothing to be ashamed of. Therapy changes lives, man. It's changed mine. Uh, as you just heard Matt say, it changed his. Like, if you need someone to talk to, look into it, man. It's it's good for the soul, for sure. Yeah. Um. Now, we've talked about our three main stars. And yeah. 
Oh, hold Joe on, Lynch... hold on, hold on. I'm not done with this fucking tradition thing yet. No, 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 so... no. I just want to I just want to make sure that we give a quick shout out to someone because we are giving a lot of praise to these three guys. Yeah. Joe Lynch gave some praise to Michael Shannon, who we'll get into in a second. Oh. But I got to tell you, the secret weapon in this movie to me in the few times that he shows up is Nathan Fielder as the driver of this limousine yeah. that's taking them on their magical trip. Yeah. Nathan Fielder, if you've never watched Nathan for you, is like one of the most brilliant abstract shows yeah. on and, and only only surpassed by when he did the rehearsal like a year ago right. for HBO. Yep. He's just a very weird guy, very monotone. And the monotone way as Seth Rogen is like freaking the fuck out that he just from the front seat goes, chill out, have a Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just so he's so good. And I don't I don't think there's any other reason to bring him up. So I just want to give him a quick shout out now because he will absolutely get he lost in the shuffle. Yeah, he will definitely otherwise. get buried over everything else that we're going to talk okay, about. So this um, is the last year. They're worried about Ethan. Which is this is weird, right? Like, so you can still it's around Christmas time, so everybody's probably going to be in the area. You can still like have this tradition. Why don't we just move it to a different day than Christmas Eve? Or <laughs> like the flip side of that yeah, is yeah, like December 22nd. <laughs> here's the thing that I think of. Like yeah. I don't want to bar hop ever. Yeah. Like it's no, not a thing neither. I want to. Nope. But it's like you guys can still like do something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I like the girl that I'm seeing right now, her and her friends, their tradition for the last 15 something years, I think it's been, yeah, is the night before Thanksgiving, they all sit down and watch every Thanksgiving special from friends. Like they make re- awesome. they make food yeah. and they just sit and they enjoy it. Uh-huh. And it's like you know, now like they have kids, they're like married, like whatever. But it's like, no, this is the tradition. This is the yep. thing that we do. And it's like, yeah, when you're doing a thing like that, like the kid's going to be in bed by yep. the time they come over. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you don't. So it's like, yeah, maybe you can't like gallivant around New York City until sunrise anymore. But like, there's no reason why you can't. And it seems and like at the out. end of the movie, they figure it out. They figure like, that out. Um, Yeah, I, I have like something similar that I do. Uh, usually the week school's going to let out. Um, usually like two days before then we always set it up every year. It's not the same date, but I go to a brewery in Cambridge, which is like 45 minutes from me. And I meet my buddies, Jason, Steve, and we just, we just hang out. And like a lot of them are, are married with kids and it's like, you can still have, you can still hang out. <laughs> so yeah. I just, anyone that's feeling the way Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character feels at the beginning of this movie, there are solutions to this. <laughs> now, there are certain things that have clearly become so important to New York City as a whole that they have to do. Like, they yeah. obviously have to go to their karaoke bar and do Christmas and Hollis at the bar yeah, every it year. It was great. Uh, I actually wrote down... Dylan, should we be doing Christmas and Hollis yes. at karaoke together with synchronized yes. dancing? Yes, <laughs> like, and and different Christmas sweaters as yes. well. Like, I do love that their Christmas sweaters represent their personalities. I know that some people have issues with Seth Rogen, and, and he can be obnoxious. I fucking adore him in this movie. I think this is his, I, and I think I saw someone else write this. I think it was Elric Kane, who didn't love yeah. this movie as much as Joe Lynch. He gave it like two and a half stars. But he said, like, 
as far as I'm concerned, this is still one of the greatest comedic performances in yeah. Seth Rogen's career. Like, Easily. Like, he is just given 100%. Um, the, one of the funniest line deliveries is not even a funny line. It's the yeah. way he says it, which is when he is, like, fully stoned. Yeah. He just got out of the car with Michael Shannon, so he's even yeah. extra stoned from, like, smoking the weed from Christmas Present. Yeah. And they wake up the mom of Chris. Yes. And they're yep. having dinner. But like, he's like, Merry Christmas, mom. And like, Ethan comes out. just like, Ethan. He's like, Merry Christmas. And then Seth Rogen's just like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> 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 like, it is like, so, so panicked and good. so loud. <laughs> so to, to, to set that up, like his wife, uh, played by Jillian Bell, who also I feel like is amazing in this movie. I love Jillian Bell when she's toned down. Can I... Say a hot take. Yeah, go for it. I think that everyone is on their best performance in this movie, except Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't know yeah. what it is, but the voice that he has chosen to give the character of Ethan yeah. doesn't work for me at all no. this entire movie. And it, no. it it doesn't hurt the movie, but I'm like, man, just talk like yourself. Like, <laughs> like you didn't have yeah. to create a different character for yeah. Ethan. Like. Yeah, he he does kind of seem. He also seems a little bored. Yeah, out of the whole thing. But I don't know if he's bored or if he's just like, oh, this is a character choice for this particular character. Yeah, I'm yeah. depressed, so I'm going to play this character as if he is sad the entire time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Jillian Bell, who plays Isaac's wife, Seth Rogen's wife, um, is pregnant with their child, and for their last like hurrah. Uh, she gives uh, Seth Rogen a box filled with drugs um, of various types, and Seth Rogen proceeds to continue to get fucked up, and I love that his solution is to take more drugs. Well, his I solution was that he's having, he's he's too high on the mushrooms so yeah, that no. cocaine will bring him down. Yeah, the, cocaine, the cocaine will balance it out, and then he gets in the limo, and he's like, I'm going to take more mushrooms. I was happier when I was on mushrooms. <laughs> And I, Joseph Gordon-Lovett's character just goes, you know you could just stop taking drugs right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, the mushrooms will help. The mushrooms will help. And that leads to my favorite bit is when, like, <laughs> they're looking at him and they're like, you look crazy right now. He's like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Do I look crazy right now? And they're like, yes, you look <laughs> crazier. <laughs> he said, you need to check yourself before I what? Before I wreck myself? <laughs> you need to check yourself before I riggedy wreck myself? How does that make a person feel? <laughs> <laughs> it's all so good. It's so, so funny. And um, then they get a phone call uh, from another player on Anthony Mackey's football team asking them to buy him weed, which, <laughs> no. You play football, you could probably find your own weed. Yeah, well, I feel like... I feel like Anthony Mackie's character and storyline is the one that brings me down the most in this yeah. because it's all like it doesn't make a lot of sense. I feel like it's hard to follow. And I feel like this is a problem in a lot of movies where it's like Ethan's character. Anybody watching this movie can relate to Ethan's character. Yeah. He's gone through a loss. Holidays are tough. He loves his friends. Yeah. Like Seth Rogen's character easy to relate to like wants to have a baby whatever 
anytime that a movie tries to make us relate to superstar athlete with crazy fame and like Instagram following, it's just like, how am I supposed to connect with this? How am I supposed to relate to this particular character in this storyline? I feel like it's all like unresolved. Like this, this other guy on his team calls him for weed, but he doesn't actually need weed because he's got like an overwhelming amount of weed when, when they, they finally the party. when they get to the party and like he's only popular because of steroid use and like yeah. and like that never really gets resolved it's just like yeah I use no. steroids what of it and then like to end of storyline I don't <laughs> like, know a lot about steroids but I'm pretty sure that like it's not like the go-go juice from Space Jam. Like you still yeah. have to have some semblance of really good athletic ability. Exactly. For it to do anything for you. So I'm sure he was a good ball player before the steroids use yeah. as well. And and then just like them making fun of him for like doing Christmas and hot like there's just so yeah. many like everything tied to his storyline. It's weird. Is weird and doesn't work. And even even like the the fake super fan. Um, who yeah. like I love Broad City, so seeing yeah. Alana show up was like very exciting. But it, it it's just it all is like I had an easier time. Slight spoiler: if you're this far into this episode and you haven't seen this movie yet, <laughs> I think that's on you. Please but, go like, watch this movie; it's fucking great. But like her showing up and like making him appreciate his friends felt more forced than finding out that Michael Shannon is an angel sent yeah. from Santa Claus. Yeah, like, it did. Like, yeah, it did. Um, I would also say that every single bad thing that happens in this movie is Anthony Mackie's fault. 100%. Like, they yeah. leave the bar, and they should be on their way to the Nutcracker Ball. Like, yeah. they, they got the address at 10 o'clock. They should be on their way. And it's not until he gets the phone call to get weed that everything goes wrong. And yeah. then, so they go to get weed, and that's when we meet Michael Shannon's character, who was their drug dealer in high school. And Michael Shannon is a gift to this world. Like, seriously, that dude can do pretty much anything while also playing the same person. It's so fucking good. I don't know what it is because most times you would look at an actor and go, okay, you're very one note. Like, that's your shtick. But I feel like Michael Shannon can take that shtick and make it work for any character that he is playing, whether it's the FBI agent in uh, Boardwalk Empire, the evil scientist guy, whatever, from that movie where the lady falls in love with a fish. Yep. Um, there's, and then Shape this movie. Shape of Water. <laughs> yeah, Shape of Water. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, then there's this movie uh, where he's playing a drug dealer, but spoiler alert, he turns out to be uh, an angel or or Jesus. Like it's 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 kind of both. Um, Which so, raises so many questions for me that I don't think I'm supposed to ask. Yeah, I don't I'm think like, we're supposed to know. I'm but like sitting there, love... like, so was he an angel since high school, or like did he die and is like now yeah. being reassigned to be this like? Didn't I, wanna, that I shouldn't have questioned it. His take <laughs> is, I'm going to fuck with these guys as well. Like, when, when Anthony Mackie gets in the car, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to give you something good. Is the present. And he just fucking sticks his fingers in his face and just starts fucking closing them. And he's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and he gives him the weed, and he's like, is something supposed to be happening? He's like, it is. You're in the present. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then when he shows up again, 
like the Seth Rogen bit when when he's like, I'll go this time. And yeah. he goes out and he gets in the car and the first thing Michael Shannon says is five oh, you're under arrest. And he's just like, Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> it's so fucking good. And he so monotone when he yeah. says it too. Which and he makes just touches it his so face funny. and he's like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm looking into your soul. And he's like I got exactly what you need. You need a full indica strain with a good body high and frighteningly accurate visions of the future. I <laughs> am. Um, it's so fucking good. There's one thing that we bypassed that I do need to give a quick shout out to. Okay. Uh, and it's not so much the scene, but it's something that the scene brought into me again. Yeah. Which is that they do the the big parody with the giant piano. Yes. Yeah. Where they play Runaway yeah. by Kanye West. And it was just a reminder once again of God damn it, I hate how much Kanye has ruined my ability to enjoy how many bangers he had for yeah. those first four albums. Dude. Runaway is like top of the pile, one of the best songs that's ever yeah. been composed. And he had to go ahead and Dude, that's one of the greatest albums ever written. Like my Dude, beautiful it's... dark twist of fantasy is an amazing record. Like the feeling, like I felt something in my soul when yeah. Seth Rogen just starts hitting that piano note. And I was like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, but it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It sucks. Well, like that. So there's two instances in that. The second instance is when a guy named James yeah. <laughs> is sending his dick <laughs> to, to, to a, uh, to Seth Rogen who has, accidentally switched phones with uh mindy kaplan's character i think you combine names oh it yeah mindy Min- kaling sorry i, I combined yeah. lizzie kaplan and mindy kaling <laughs> i was like wait uh, a second my bad <laughs> for a second i was like have i been pronouncing that last name wrong this no, whole no, no. time and Who then i was both like nope are nope. also amazing there's just listen if you can't tell how much i love this movie we are 40 minutes in and i have so much on my mind to still say that i'm like <laughs> fucking stop like you you can't i adore this movie but that part does make me uncomfortable uh i will say but i like on the same time i'm laughing really hard when seth rogan just goes well isaac looks like you're sucking your first <laughs> dick <laughs> like dude that voiceover i i said that exact quote to the girl that i'm seeing because she talked about how this is her like one of her favorite christmas movies. good and i was watching it and i literally sent her well isaac it looks like tonight you suck your first dick like so him being so confused funny. but also like this also when a james and a show yeah, when james franco shows up before he even shows up when he's having the conversation with mindy kaling she's like so like do you do you think I could handle it? He's like, I'll, I'll be honest. When I looked at it, I wondered, could I handle it? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, he is so much more in love with Seth yeah. <laughs> I do. I just, God, I hate that some of the moments that I love are soiled by people in real life. Yeah. Fucking when James Frank, when Mindy Kaling looks at James Franco and goes, I think you might be gay. And he's like, not tonight. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> there it's was so fucking good. Jose and I need to double check this. Now there was something in the IMDB trivia yeah. that I was like, this is a weird fucking thing to have written in the trivia for this movie. And it was about James Franco. 
in this film. Um, so one quick thing, and I think that this does kind of show, uh, director Jonathan Levine, who like dude's career is fucking wild. Like the movies that he made, it's like 50, 50 warm bodies, this, uh, but he said that all of the comedic parts of the movie were, um, improvised, but all of the dramatic parts were like meticulously, uh, worked out ahead of time. I can see that. I can see that. I think that that makes sense. Like I could see a lot of the Seth Rogen stuff specifically being like I would love to more watch in the moment. a lot of the alternative takes and just see like what was some of the other stuff that was brought in. I don't know if like the Blu-ray has any of those, but that w- I think that would be a fun watch. So it says the character James played by James Franco shares many of Franco's personal attributes that have been sensationalized by the media in the past. Ooh. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I would uh, own that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Because I feel like that. Yes, I feel like these two were talking, but I really do feel like that first dick pic was unsolicited. Yes, very <laughs> is, much so. Uh, which, again, if you know anything about James Franco, that's apparently happened in real life as well. So, I uh, mean, I feel like there was some conversation in advance just because when Lizzie is panic, like calling. Yeah, uh, Ethan, Mindy Kaling's character is like panicked. She's like, "There's very sensitive information that's going to be yeah. coming to that phone." Yeah. So like, I think that there was a pre-planned yeah. sexting time, <laughs> but probably yeah, still, still like crazy start to the conversation. Yeah. It's just like here it is. So we have Miley Cyrus at the end. Miley Cyrus at the end. Also, I would put uh, in the lower actor category <laughs> with Joseph Gordon-Levitt of like kind of sleeping so. through her scenes for most of the yes. part. Yes. Um, um, acting. <laughs> and and the only scene she has that she isn't singing, she is acting opposite of Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So it's yeah. great. We have a very sleepy scene. Oh, my God, dude. We skipped I, or I skipped over the greatest scene in this movie. And that is when Seth Rogen talks to the nativity scene. Oh my God. That scene. (laughs) Can we just say that that is the creepiest nativity scene I have ever seen. The faces on these characters are horrendous. That the entire, from, from the moment he starts talking to the nativity scene to the moment he runs out of that church, comedy fucking gold. Like it is so goddamn good he's talking to the nativity scene we've got a very like james woods impression like talking back to him uh as joseph and it's just so fucking good and then his his wife catches him he walks over and he's like i'm just talking to fucking what, what's the guy's name like i don't he know he gives him a totally different name yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> i'm just spencer. talking to neil and his spencer Sp- yeah spencer i'm just talking to spencer and his kids and it's the fucking shepherd with the, the fucking lambs and they just go hi <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, her family comes out, says, like, why don't you come into church? And instead See, of him is... going, no, he's like, yeah, why don't I come in? Like, let's, <laughs> let's go. And his wife freaking out. This is where, like, I've realized that a, a reason why I avoided a lot of these movies yeah, is that, like, there's scenes like this where it's just, like, my anxiety and tension is so yeah. fucking high. Because I'm like, I don't mind if you just, like, make a fool of yourself. 
Yeah. Ever, but it's like, oh my God, like you're like everybody has to deal with this. Now. So you are you are <laughs> identifying in that instance with Jillian Bell's character. Like, and you the are whole sitting- family. Oh my god, I am sitting as Jillian Bell, like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> like, Dude, I fucking love <laughs> Do do you think they know I'm Jewish? <laughs> she goes, Yes, you are in a fucking star demon on your chest. <laughs> he said, I think I'm gonna throw up. No, swallow it like a girl would. <laughs> it is is a. We did not kill him. Oh fuck! This movie's so goddamn good. It's really good. You know what? I I changed what I said. I'll watch it again next year. <laughs> yes, dude. So like that's what I was kind of getting at earlier. I watched these before we record and. When you texted me and you were like, hey, I can record 30 minutes earlier, uh, I was in the middle of watching it. Um, and this is not, again, this is not a movie I need to rewatch. But I went back and forth. I was like, I almost want to move this to 1030 so I can finish this motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said to Teddy that I'm like, I think we should watch this tonight. I know I got halfway through it, but this movie is so good. It just makes me feel good. It's you know got I, heart. It's got it so being- much heart. Here's a weird thing to say. For it being a movie about Christmas Eve, I yeah. feel like it's a great November watch. Yeah. It's a great like getting your feet wet for Christmas yeah. time a little bit. Like I being like, agree. all right, it's almost time. It's almost time. We're almost there. Like, I don't know, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I don't so think I've been I. ready for the season as hard as I've Ooh. been this year. Can I ask you a question that we that that we used to do every week on this show, but Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't. Did you cry? I did not. I did. Um, I got I close. Every time I watch. Every time I watch and we get to the scene where they where Joseph they, Gordon-Lovett kind of breaks down about his parents passing at the end. Um, that I that got, part always gets me. Again, this is where I, I couldn't get past how I didn't like the like way that character. he was his character's voice because yeah. when he's yelling at the two drunk Santas, I'm like, I love everything that he's saying, but I hate the inflection of his voice as he's Jason, saying it. Jason Manzukis though. Oh, so good. Steals that part. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> I teach third grade bitch. <laughs> I shape our nation's youth. I always record that part and just send it to all my teacher friends as he's like beating the shit out of Joseph Gordon. Love it. <laughs> Um, it's so fucking but yeah, crazy. his speech there where he's just like, if you're going to dress like Santa, it's a very sacred thing. And like, yeah. you have to fucking respect. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. And like, I agree with everything he's saying. I just hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt's attempt at a New York accent so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I think that was the biggest issue with what was that movie where he was addicted to sex? <laughs> Don, it was him. Oh, and Don, Juan. Don Juan. Yeah. yeah. He just he can't do voices. He needs to just talk. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, really, really. Because otherwise he's great. Like, Yeah, I love like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, all in, all the time. Um, yeah. Dylan, thank you for exposing me to this movie. Dude, I could not believe that you've never seen this movie. Because, like, I would watch this movie, and I feel like you and I, we do have similar tastes when it comes to R-rated, like, Christmas comedies. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Bad Santa, and Bad Santa's fine, but when I... If I'm gonna watch something like this, I it's gotta have heart. And I feel Bad like Santa this is literally movie, like a once every five years watch yep. tops for me. Like it's I can't do that movie every year. I feel like in this movie, there's so much love for the holiday. Yeah. There's love for 
the reason behind the holiday. There, the music, like Joe Lynch is not wrong. The the soundtrack is so whimsical. It's so fun. It, everything about this movie just puts a smile on my face. And I, I'll watch it every year and a lot of times, multiple times a year, just because I want to feel better. I I forgot that there was one other thing that jumped yeah. into my brain that I was kind of like, I expected this to be a bigger plot point. There seems to be no ramifications whatsoever for Joseph Gordon-Levitt stealing three tickets to this very exclusive holiday party. <laughs> Like, I kept thinking, like, oh, man, that guy's... <coughs> like, when I hit play, I knew nothing about this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, he that stole from, like, the... <laughs> yeah, like, he stole from, like, the wrong dude. Like, maybe this is, like, them on the run from the mob. Like, who knows, yeah. like, what po- fucking power this guy has that knows about this party. And as far as I know, dude didn't even notice, probably wasn't planning to go to the party. <laughs> like, I, I mean, also, like, th- how will they ever find joseph gordon he's a fucking elf like and i don't even think they'd probably get more mad at the girl that took his jacket yeah than than joseph gordon love it um but i get that but yeah i just was like man i can't believe this didn't this didn't come up ever again like because especially when he was like not admitting how he got them at first and then he's just like all right fine i stole them like i was like okay well yeah then now i'm really confident that this isn't gonna happen this isn't going anywhere we're just gonna move past that (laughs) (laughs) uh well dylan god so good there's there's no other person i would like to spend the night before with than you oh my god uh i i love you dude Not your strongest ending. <laughs> oh, whoa, now we won't stop till the big ball drops on New Year's. Happy holiday, have a great, great, great holiday, have a merry, 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 happy holiday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 